Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Be sure to like the video and subscribe. Today we have a fun video for everybody. We are going to predict what's going to be in the Indie World Showcase for Nintendo on Tuesday. And joining me today is MVG. What's up, Nate? Great to be here. Thanks for having me back. Great to always have you. And I have to give a warning for this episode to not operate heavy machinery while listening because this is going to be an ASMR heavy show because we have Game Explains John Cartwright joining us today as well. Hey there, Nate. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> you were warned, people. You were warned. <laughs> I got as close as I could to the microphone. <laughs> so today's episode is dedicated to Dill Spouser, who was a collective effort to donate $146. Thank you for your donation and generosity. And for those who are confused as to what or whom Dill Spouser is, it is the fusion of Doug Bowser and Phil Spencer. You can see a picture of this character prominently placed in the upper right corner. Yes, it is horrifying. We agree. So let's get right into the topic today of the Indie World presentation from Nintendo and giving some predictions of what we think will be at the show. And this is going to be a difficult video to really give predictions because Indies are unpredictable. You never know which company will be highlighted by Nintendo. And even if you do have a general idea of what company could be there, you don't know what they're making. Indies are always, you know, they're challenging to predict of what they're up to and sometimes an indie comes out of nowhere with a brand new ip that shocks us and other times they just make an iterative sequel to one of their more well-known ip so let's start off with a bigger title let's start with no more heroes hd because this was leaked recently by the south korea game ratings board and i mean we know about no more heroes 3 and now we know about no more heroes 1 you know hd what are the odds that both of these titles, or at least one of these titles, appears in the indie world presentation? And we'll start with John on this one. What do you think? Seems pretty likely to me. So we had Travis Strikes Again, which was debuted, I believe, when it was called Nindies, when it's called the Nindie Showcase. Um, <laughs> so I guess that's why we think this might appear in an indie presentation. Um, but otherwise, like No More Heroes 3 typically appears in their bigger directs. Um, I think it was in one of their E3s at one year. So I'm not sure if I'd expect No More Heroes 3 but a HD remaster seems pretty likely for this this venue, uh, especially because it was rated, meaning it's likely to release relatively soon. So personally, yeah, I think No More Heroes 1 HD could appear, and I wouldn't even be that surprised if it releases in, well, either either it shadow drops or it releases in within a month's span of this presentation. Yeah, I would, I'm kind of anticipating a shadow drop for No More Heroes due to that ratings listing, and, I mean, what good way of marketing to lead up to No More Heroes 3 than having the first game out on the eShop right away on Tuesday where people can download it for you know probably an affordable price of maybe $19.99 because they did HD it on the PS3 though that port was subpar and that's mm -hmm. probably being generous and you know you have the Joy-Con so you can still do the motion controls and such so it would be a nice little shadow drop title for them and yeah No More Heroes 3 does kind of seem like a wild card it could be at this one. Maybe it's at another direct later this summer. We're still kind of anticipating that it is going to come out in 2020, though I would entertain the idea that maybe it gets pushed to 2021 at this point. And I believe it was Game Explained who did the interview with Grasshopper where they did express interest in bringing No More Heroes 1 and 2 to the Switch. That's right. Yeah, that's a little while ago um, now. Actually, in that interview, that was before No More Heroes 3 was properly announced, I think. We, we've done a couple with Suda. Um, but in one of them, he was uh, hinting towards No More Heroes 3 and about Travis having to take the, the glove from Travis Strikes Again and use it to defeat some supervillains. And that's exactly what's going on in No More Heroes 3. So <laughs> I'll take quite a bit of what he said at face value there. And he definitely um, was quite outspoken about bringing... No More Heroes 1, No More Heroes 2, and even Killer 7, which I think might have just been debunked, but uh, it, it, it definitely has the interest in bringing these titles over, so wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, Killer 7 was debunked earlier. It was the LinkedIn profile user, the gentleman, had to come out and say, 
I am working on a prolific Japanese title, but it's not Killer7 for Switch. And the banner was, we had, I guess, intentions of bringing it to Switch, but we only brought it to PC. And it sounds like the situation with that game is actually Capcom has to be the one to sign off on it to bring it to consoles, whereas the PC version, I believe, was published by NIS America, at least in the Western markets. So it does seem to be some complications there. But, I mean, if Capcom sees value in it or if it's a cheap enough port, I'm sure Killer7 will eventually make its way to consoles. It just seems like that listing wasn't as definitive as people had hoped. But it sounds like we have some hope that No More Heroes could appear at the indie world event. So that could that should excite some people who really enjoy that series. But let's get into another big title, Hollow Knight Silk Song. It's been a while since we've heard about this one, and what a better venue than the indie world show in 2020 to reintroduce this title to everybody. What do you guys think the chances are we see of this? I think we'll see it. I mean, when when was the last time we heard it? Was it February of like last year or something? It's been a while since... It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think it's time that that we, we get to see more of this game. Um, whether they'll put a release date on it, I mean, potentially, but I mean, I, I would say we're going to see more about this game. What do you guys think? Well, I remember Hollow Knight for Switch was shadow dropped at their E3 one year. So clearly they view this franchise as a big priority. Yeah. So I do kind of wonder if they'll save it for a proper direct. Because uh, this, this is one of the, uh, the, the, the largest indie titles at the moment. People went nuts for the original Hollow Knight. So like, yeah, yeah, it would be a big deal to have it during this event, but they could also very easily save it for something much bigger. That's true. And, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, what about like COVID? Could have it impacted the development of Silk Song? Because we know Team Cherry's only three people. And yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance it could have been impacted. But with the three people, they may still have been able to work fairly efficiently on the title, depending on how they are set up in Australia, I believe they are located. So if they already do some remote work, development for them may not have, you know, really hit that much of a halt, but they could have been challenged by nintendo's lot checking yeah where even if they wanted to get the game out maybe they you know kind of got stuck in the traffic and the lot check and that caused a minor delay but yeah i i would love to see hollow knight silk song it has been a while and it seems like due to the weight we've had that the game is probably becoming larger in scope than maybe what they had originally envisioned for it yeah i I, I think the difficulty you know with with a three team what three person team it's very (laughs) streamlined and you can get you can get stuff done quickly but the difficulty is if if one person for whatever reason in that team is unable to work at their maximum potential then it affects pretty much everything and that's you know that's kind of the i guess the drawback of of a small team that if there is a delay then you know it's basically things kind of just come to a standstill at that point and it's very difficult to accurately come up with any idea of when we think this game's going to get you know released you know Mm -hmm. to speak further to something that nate said about um about the, the the platform holders having to actually get these games on their systems um, forgive me, because I forget the title of this game. So if anyone knows it, then chime in. But there was a developer earlier, um, earlier in the week, who was upset that their game on PlayStation 4 didn't sell as much as Switch and Xbox. Yes. And a big reason for that was because Sony wouldn't apply the launch discount um, because they just didn't have time to. So there's definitely aspects on the platform holder side which can also impact not only the development of titles, but just getting them on the systems and getting them to sell. So... For a, lot of, for a lot of indie developers, it's better for them just to like hold it out and wait until things are a bit more natural for them to release their games. Yeah, that was, uh, that was No More Robots, I think, uh, Mike Rose. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that game. I think it's getting a physical release on the Switch fairly soon, actually. Yeah, and he was very quick to, to let people know that Switch sales were just, you know, 300% more than the PlayStation 4 ones from the eShop wow. versus the playstation store that's amazing i mean the switch has been a haven for a lot of indie developers especially with certain genres of the indie games like if they're a metroidvania they seem to do really well on the switch we just saw uh, bloodstained was the best-selling platform or the switch was the best-selling platform for bloodstained 2 that came out i believe was it last month or two months ago Mm -hmm. so switch is doing you know it's kind of that golden goose for a lot of indie companies and hey, you keep running on that train as long as it keeps providing for you. Now, here's another thing. We'll go with another DLC. 
what about Cuphead Delicious Last Course? It's was supposed to come out last year. They then announced that it was going to be delayed. And the last time we heard about this was with the with a trailer, and I believe it was last July. And all we've heard from the Cuphead side is that they just brought Cuphead to the PlayStation 4, but we haven't heard anything about Delicious Last Course in over a year. Would you expect Nintendo to potentially have that next first look at the DLC for Cuphead, or do you think Microsoft would probably still kind of leverage their role in that game's development to make sure they secured it first? I'm such an idiot for not realizing that Delicious Last Course just <laughs> equivates to DLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, actually, yeah. I just realized that too. What the hell? <laughs> we're all idiots. <laughs> I guess we are, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like Microsoft would probably be the hosts of this, um, especially because they've got multiple presentations coming up. They just had one, which had, um, I think they had the Outer Worlds DLC in their last Xbox presentation. So I would expect probably Microsoft will showcase this themselves. Um, it's a different kind of idea to when they debuted Cuphead for Switch because that was primarily just a Switch-focused event, whereas this mm-hmm. is across multiple platforms. So, yeah, personally, I wouldn't expect Cuphead here. That's, that's, a, lot of, that's a lot of removing of the wind from the momentum of this event. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to counter that and say I think we will see Cuphead DLC at this at this event. I think um, you know Nintendo took the original um, announcement, and I think this is just going to continue on from that. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Let's bring a little more hype back into this indie event right there. Good job. <laughs> now, because it is because Cuphead's relation to Microsoft, we'll kind of stay on that topic just for a second here. Last year at the Indie World event, we had Moon Studios and Xbox Game Studios announce Ori and the Blind Forest for the Switch. And a lot of people, you know, it was anticipated. We had the rumors, we had the talk for months leading up to this. And it was a high-quality port. In some ways, it was superior to the original Xbox One version. Now, they have the, you know, Ori, Will of the Wisps is on Xbox One and PC. And the developers did an AMA on Reddit earlier this year where they were asked about a Switch port for Will of the Wisp. And the developer said it would be challenging to get the game at 60 frames a second. They didn't, you know, it's kind of... To me, that's oddly specific if you weren't working on a port. It's basically saying if we were to bring it to Switch, it'd probably be 30 frames a second, which, in all truth, it was generally 30 frames a second on the Xbox One to begin with until they patched <laughs> it and fixed it and optimized it. Uh, so what do you, do you think we have a chance of seeing Ori return to Switch and seeing Will of the Wisp at this event? It was a really demanding game, wasn't it? I, I viewed it on PC, and there was a bunch of issues at launch. Um, I think they fixed up a lot of them now. I was actually I was streaming it on xCloud just yesterday, and it was running really well. So um, I, I kind of already had that kind of like portable Will of the Wisps experience. And uh, if they were to bring it to Switch natively, that'd be awesome. Um, you know what? I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say like it, it is weird that Ori and the, and the Blind Forest came to Switch and it sold so well, but they were just quiet on any potential of of Will of the Wisps coming to Switch, um, especially because it was so it was such a prominent title of, of that indie showcase. So, yeah, why not? Let's say Will of the Wisps will be here. I would agree. I, I think it's it was, you know, very successful the, the first time around. I think it's going to continue. I, I would, I mean, that's a very, spe- like you said, Nate, that's a very specific response, you know, <laughs> to to the question. It just kind of tells me that, um, you know, that there's, a potent- there's a possibility that we'll see, you know, a new Ori game. And, and if there is uh, to be, then I would say, yeah, we'll see it on... Uh, on the indie showcase 
Yeah, I have to agree with both of you. I expect to see Ori Will of the Wisps be announced for the Switch at this event because they did bring the last one a year ago, almost of the day. So, you know, nice little tradition. Keep announcing yeah. Ori games for the Switch and Metroidvanias and the Switch. They just they work so well together, especially since Nintendo continues to refuse to give us a new Metroid game. So if Moon Studio wants to give us a quality one, let's do it. Go for it. Actually, speaking of Xbox a moment, um, they a couple of Switch games support Xbox Live. Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest is an example of that. And uh, it just feels like more and more Xbox games are very likely to be announced for the <laughs> Switch in the future. And I'm thinking about one that isn't necessarily an indie. I mean, I struggle to call Ori an indie because it's, it's backed by Microsoft. But I do wonder if Battletoads has a chance of coming to Switch. Ooh, that is a good example. That would actually, just from a nostalgia standpoint, you'd have to kind of think of how much potential it would be to bring Battletoads to the Switch. Now, I mean, I wouldn't expect the new Battletoads to be announced for Switch at this event, only because it probably removes some of that launch momentum <laughs> right. from the release coming up. But I could see a port maybe six months down the line, definitely, because there's nothing really demanding about the game. And again, from the nostalgia standpoint of playing Battletoads on like the Super NES and stuff, there's some potential there. That's that's not a bad idea. I like that thought. Hmm. Damn. Now I kind of want that. <laughs> Especially after like Streets of Rage Four was so good on the yeah. Switch. I mean, if you can give us more beat 'em ups, and there's been a lot of beat 'em ups on the Switch. Yeah, and most between... of them are of pretty good quality, you know. So yeah. yeah, if they if they can nail the fighting mechanics, which everything I've heard so far is um, that aesthetically it looks a little bit like a flash game but it plays really well and that's that was kind of my initial thoughts about streets of rage 4 i didn't i wasn't in love with the graphical style but man when you play that game it is they nail the the feeling of you know old school fighting games like final fight and double dragon so you know if they do that again with with battletoads yeah i'm i'm, I'm all in on that game yeah, Battletoad, it's a weird game to look at, I think, in, in like screenshots and such, but when you're playing it, the style makes sense, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Like, it's kind of the game you have to see in motion for yourself, and then you sure. just kind of, you no longer see those visual problems because you just enjoy the core gameplay mechanics that it's offering. So, I, I would love that as a, like a surprise announcement of all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we're also bringing Battletoads this month to Switch with cross-platform play with the Xbox version. I, that would shock a lot of people. Yeah. It's always like, hard to draw the line at what an indie game means because Battletoads surely yeah. isn't an indie game. I, th I think the studio making it might be. Um, it's, it's D D Dallas Studios, I think they're called. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I'd love to see it happen. And hopefully, if like it would be a great double-barrel announcement to have Will of the Wisps and then followed by Battletoads immediately after. Yeah, that'd be big for Microsoft to be like, yeah, we're still supporting the Switch, even though we had publicly said we're not bringing any more of our IPs over. But Yeah, we, we can't bring games wired. to our own system, so we may as well give it to Nintendo. <laughs> that's that's harsh. Poor Microsoft. Aren't they already having a rough month and you have to go like that to them? <laughs> They've got Halo 4 coming to PC this year. <laughs> They'll do fine. <laughs> that will probably sell very well for them. Uh, let's let's see let's see um another kind of xbox related this game was shown at microsoft's e3 conference last year it is spirit fair from thunder lotus games they made jotun and sundered and their visual style is undeniable it's beautiful they use a really artistic approach to their games and it was announced for switch and other platforms but it's still just kind of stuck with a summer 2020 release so now it seems like the time, you know, date it. So what better event than, you know, to date your summer release than an indie show, especially with this caliber of a game. And it'd be a pretty big, you know, stage for a developer like them. You've already had Microsoft, now give it to Nintendo. Cause again, this is, the Switch would probably be the best selling platform for such a game. You think we see Sparefair get released or release date at this event? I think it's very likely, yeah. Um... This is, I mean, this is kind of the time to really get your eyes on any indie game. So, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a good chance of this showing. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the, the stage is set for 
for Spiritfarer at this event. I mean, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at Nintendo's website now. It just says available 2020. I mean, I think it's, you know, this is the, this is the event that, that we'll, we'll see more about this game. Now, another game that was supposed to be available in summer 2020 is Golf Story's spiritual sequel, I guess you could call it, with Sports Story. We haven't heard of it since it was announced. We haven't been given any update. But it was recently changed from a summer 2020 release to now to be announced. Is that a sign that maybe it's getting a release date at the indie event? Maybe a shadow drop? Or could the game potentially have been delayed out of the year? What do you guys think about that? A lot of people saw that date and just thought, oh no, it's it's been delayed, it's not going to come this year. I'll be optimistic though and say, yeah, it is coming this year. And it, it's changed to that because it's coming out immediately. <laughs> I I love Golf Story, man. That was one of my favorite 2017 games. Um, this this sidebar games of this this developer who had never really put anything out before, and then they just come out of nowhere with this banger. Like they they revive the uh, Mario Golf RPG formula, and they did it extremely well with their own little taste, and own little formula. And it was just such a, a jolly and cozy game. So I'm, I'm all for Sports Story. I can't wait for this game. And they've been oddly quiet. So hopefully they've been quiet because they're saving up for some info drops and not because they're, they've been put back by COVID. But yeah, my personal expectations, I want this to show. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's going to show and it's going to shadow drop. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. Like you guys were talking about No More Heroes 1 possibly shadow dropping. For, for me, that didn't... I don't feel like no more heroes one will shadow drop i think we'll see that at the event but yeah if there's a shadow drop moment i i would say sports story i mean available tbd for me means that it's imminent and i think you know that's that's what what we're going to going to see now this is a game i actually just thought of because we've been talking about kind of you know like adventure games and metroidvanias and it's from berserk studio and if the name doesn't ring bells, they made just shapes and beats. Mm. But they have a title that's supposed to come out this year called Infernax, which is a Castlevania Zelda 2 inspired adventure game. And I played it back at PAX East, and it was amazing. And if you beat the demo at PAX East, they actually would have given you a VHS of a movie from the 1980s because that's the aesthetic of the game, it's supposed to be gaming from the 1980s. I unfortunately got to the boss and died. And the demo took like 30 minutes, so I didn't really have the time to replay it. I really wanted to win Die Hard on VHS, and I was disappointed <laughs> when I did it. And when I was talking to them, they said, yeah, the plan is for the second half of 2020, unless a company like Microsoft came to them with like a Game Pass contract and said, hey, we're going to give you a couple million dollars to make it exclusive to us. But their plan was to have it on the Switch this year. And I think that game will be shown dated maybe they even drop a demo for it and i mean it's a game that no one's really talking about i'm not even sure if a lot of people know it exists i mean did either of you two even hear of infernax before now uh, i remember you talked to me about it when you uh you were at pax early this year and i did check it out this was a kickstarter originally right this game am i right i believe so yeah so i mean yeah i mean i i could i could definitely see a you know at least more information about the game or some kind of trailer maybe a demo um will be available as well this is one of those real difficult ones to predict because this could have just fallen off the face of the earth you know due to various reasons or it could be the right time to to show us more of the game but what did you think about you know what was your experience like when you tried the game out at pax did you feel like it was significantly you know it was sufficiently polished and and kind of ready to go or did you think that still needed work Oh, it was it was significantly polished. It played beautifully. There were no hiccups or bugs being encountered in the demo sequence. It controlled beautifully. The visuals were astounding. It really captured that whole look and feel of Castlevania and Zelda 2. And it was after I played it, I was like, I need this game now. Yeah. And only one other game at PAX East had given me that similar feel, and it's Cyber Shadow from Yacht Club. Mm-hmm. And that's a game that was supposed to come out i believe late last year and it got delayed and we they had it playable at pax east again this year and it was curious because when i played it back in 2019 they said oh it's content complete we're just going to change the positioning of some like the enemies some of the strategies that the bosses would use because people have been playing this demo and we don't want them basically playing the full game and 
you know, kicking ass immediately. So we're going to change up some of the difficulty and stuff. And I mean, that was 18 months ago and we really haven't heard much about the game. So I could see Cyber Shadow definitely getting a release date at this event. And I know we keep saying this game's going to shadow drop, but Cyber Shadow kind of feels like a shadow drop type of release to me. <laughs> Cyber Shadow is shadow dropping? Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm sti- I'm sticking a sports story shadow dropping. Cyber Shadow will get a release date though. That's that's my pick. Uh-huh. I, mean, I guess unless they've overhauled it and added a bunch of new stuff, then Cyber Shadow sounds like it can come out whenever. Uh, I was trying to place which game Infernax was, and it clicked with me. That is the brutally uh, gory-looking side-scroller. Yes. Um, I remember watching gameplay of that, and uh, there was this, this close-up, fully animated pixel art scene where someone's <laughs> jaw just comes off when you hit them with, like, yes. um, with an axe, and it's so brutal. <laughs> it looks, it looks amazing. I can't wait for this, man. So I'm going to say yeah. that that because I want to because I want to play that. I'm going to say that's coming out very soon, and it's going to be at this event. Yeah, Infernax, it really is a great game. And yeah, hopefully it gets dated. It's kind of that perfect October Halloween game because it does have the Castlevania vibes and you fight like werewolves and stuff and witches. So it'd be that perfect October release. And I hope it's highlighted here. The game deserves it. It is fantastic from what I played. And I think it's going to surprise a lot of people because when I was talking to the developers, one of their favorite games is Zelda 2. And they were saying, I don't know why so many people hate Zelda 2. He's like, I guess when you go from the first one to that, you're kind of like, what is this weird 2D Zelda? He's like, or if your first game was linked to the past and you went back to play Zelda 2, you're kind of like, this game's really weird. He's like, but when we combine that element of what Zelda 2 was with Castlevania and you can still move when you're jumping. So if you get hit, you still have some forward momentum. He's like, it completely changes like the feel of the games. He's like, because now you don't feel so helpless. You don't just fall and die into a pit because you got hit by a bat. He's like, so <laughs> like, we really looked at Zelda 2 with like the down thrust and everything. He's like, and this is this is a passion project of ours. He's like, because of our love for Zelda 2. He's like, and I hope when people play it, they can see the similarities to that underappreciated Nintendo release of Zelda 2. And to kind of maybe go back to him and be like, hey, this game wasn't as bad as I, you know, thought. So Infernax, yes, date it, show it, get people excited, because I've hyped myself all of, you know, for this game again, and that's, I'm going to be really disappointed if we don't see it now. <laughs> uh, let's go, let's go with Pixel Junk Eden 2. It was announced back in March for a summer 2020 release, and we haven't heard from it in six months. You think... Do you think Nintendo will show it again? They do kind of have this weird tradition that if they highlighted you once at an indie show, they don't highlight you again. But with the summer 2020 release that was supposedly penned for this game, it seems like why not date it at this event or shadow drop it? Yeah, man. I mean, when when, when does summer wrap up? Four weeks from now? I mean, we got to see this game now, right? It's time. Yeah, I mean, that's my thought. Yeah, I, th- I think we often fall into this pattern of trying to figure out patterns. Like, trying to, like we, we, we make these connections and think those are the rules, those can never be broken, and they can easily break them. I, I, I can definitely see a bunch of indie games that we've seen before in these presentations just resurfacing again. There's nothing to stop them. And you know what game's probably going to resurface to the joy of everybody? Bakugan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really that indie game is such a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Bakugan needs forward. I mean, WayForward yeah. likes to appear in these events, and I mean, they probably maybe they don't want to show Bakugan again after the public reception of it after the Partners Direct just last month, or no, last month after the live stream of Paper Mario. But it does need a release date. They've only dated it for I think they just said it was coming out in what like November without a specific date so I, think, I have a hard time seeing an indie world presentation not have a way forward game in it yeah I think um, it'll be a quick 20 second trailer and <laughs> a, a date and then I'll just move mm-hmm. on to the next thing hmm. don't even show it just, just have the logo go up Bakugan coming out this day yep that's all we're giving this now now, speaking of way forward, at the Limited Run event, Limited Run Games had their own presentation and they announced Shantae Game Boy Color is coming to Switch this year. 
And like we said, way forward's always in these indie events. And Shantae is, you know, their staple franchise. Could we see Shantae, Game Boy Color, get a more prominent placement at this event with maybe an exact release date? What do you guys think of that? Well, as, That'd be cool. as so someone who is intimately familiar with, with that <laughs> game, because I'm developing that game right now, um, I can tell you that I don't know what the plan is as far as when it is going to be released, but there is a likelihood that we would see it at this event. But I, I, I want to stress to everyone listening that I have no idea because you know I'm not I'm not privy to those conversations, of course. How about Untitled Goose Game DLC? I feel like that game is ripe for like a little extra, maybe like a small village of DLC or even just new items in the existing village just to give the game a little more, you know, longevity because we do have the retail release coming up and what better way to sell the upcoming retail release with some free DLC? You think there's any chance of developers in the last eight to ten months have had time to make new content that they could patch into this this is more of an idea for a sequel than dlc but what i want is for the goose to have a bunch of chicks and we have like seven chicks on screen at once and it's like a co-op game now so each of your friends can control one chick each just causing havoc around the town that's pretty bit too ambitious for dlc but i'd love just (laughs) just get multiple chaotic geese in there you've really thought this one through i I like it (laughs) You've had a lot of us. You could do it like a, a command and conquer strategy style game where it's it's basically the goose and a bunch of chicks and you're basically sending chicks out as units and, and you know, attacking the other base and stuff. That that's a cool idea. So it's like Pikmin get this to happen now. <laughs> it has to happen now. We need the Pikmin with geese. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, here they come. Everyone ring the bell. I can for sure see this happening though. Not 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 this idea, but the DLC happening. Um, I think it's pretty. It should be pretty easy just to give like a a new town, to, a new part of the town to explore and have some more mm-hmm. have some more chaotic things to go on in there. Because this was one of the, the biggest indie phenomenons of recent memory, uh, and especially yeah. now because everyone's indoors and a lot of people already own this game. Um, it should be pretty accessible just to give you like a cheap little downloadable um, bonus to get. Yeah, that'd be a nice little thing. Just like, hey, here we go. Even if it's like holiday themed, or if it's snowing in the village or something, just a yeah, just a little extra flair to get people to revisit it. Because it, it was a fantastic game. It was a like it was a phenomenon when it came out. There was a bunch of memes. You had brands using it. I remember the World Series had had the goose steal the the trophy from the other team. They're like, haha, we won, <laughs> and. I mean, that's very rare for a game to achieve that type of status. Animal Crossing is doing a similar thing right now, but that just shows you how far Goose Game really went beyond just the scope of video games. It touched mainstream culture, and I'm sure the developers are aware of how far this game's reach was, and you have to imagine they were sitting in their office like, if we can get some DLC out, if we can get something ready, we can, you know, we want to do it. But, I mean, a lot of challenges that hit development this year, so... No, really unsure. Now, here's a big wild card. Wait, I, I wanted to bring up something Ooh. about Goose Game real quick. So okay. they just announced the physical version, right? So do you think that has yes. any any bearing on DLC at all? Um, is uh, is the physical published by House House or is someone else handling that? I think it's it's someone else. I believe. Um, I'll have to I'll have to go back and look at my notes, but it's not I think House it's House. Skybound. Yeah, I think, I think it's yeah. Yes, yeah, Skybound Games is publishing it. So I guess my question uh, there is, you know, it, do you do you announce a physical and get people excited about the physical and then drop a DLC and then people are like, well, why didn't you kind of hold on that until we got a, you know, um, a complete edition or something like that? Or do you think it doesn't really have any bearing on, on, on stuff like that? I mean, if it's an affordable DLC, let's say like a $10, well, actually, that'd be high because the game was only like 15 bucks. So... Let's say it's free DLC. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, I don't think it should matter that much. Like, right. you bought it on a physical cart, you put it in, you got free DLC. Like, yeah, it's taking up, you know, a gig of your memory, but it's not that big of a deal. If you're going to throw, like, a tantrum over that, it's kind of like there's bigger patches of physical games where all they added was, like, a voice track. So, yeah. But, I mean, it can just be a timing thing, too. 
this is for sure the kind of game that can benefit from free DLC. Like just getting yes. getting the word back out there again, because um, it was it was it dominated Twitter when it came out, and it's it, you still sometimes see it, but it's mostly died off from there. But just getting that word back into social media is enough to push it to people who didn't buy it in the first place. So like, free DLC still could be still could have a very powerful effect on uh, on on just their on their profits. That's true, because it could drive people to either download it again from the eShop, like who, you know, they had forgotten the game came out. They didn't buy it when it originally launched for whatever reason. Now it's like, oh, yeah, I really want to play that game. Now I have the choice between a physical edition or the digital edition and this free DLC. So it could, and all the people who have already played it, you get them back into the game. You're going to see that trending on Twitter. You're going to see new YouTube videos. And that's exactly what you want as a developer or, and a publisher. You want your game back in that media spotlight. So I'd say there's definitely potential. And I'd love to see House House drop some DLC and announce it at this event. It's probably a pipe dream. But, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed for the goose to come honking onto that screen. Because I think a lot of people... I could I could see a few live reactions of people sitting there losing their minds. If all of a sudden you just heard honk. <laughs> oh my god. So here's a wild card for this event. It's kind of reaching that phenom status right now and it is fall guys the developers have talked about this if people want a switch version could they have been tricking us and they had fall guys ready for switch all this time and they're going to announce it and maybe you know i don't want to i'm not gonna say shadow drop because it's too soon from since the playstation 4 release but maybe say it's coming out before the end of the year is there any chance we see that happen yes I think so. I mean, this is this is something that I I would I predict that that we'll see. You're right. It's it's not a shadow drop, but I mean, it would be nuts to be you know to hold four guys for the switch. I mean, the game itself can can run on the switch without any issue whatsoever. You've seen what it looks like. You've seen how it plays. Why wouldn't you get this game on the switch as soon as possible? So yes, I I would expect that there would be an announcement for this game. I was just thinking to myself, like, why would there be a Switch version complete um, already? But then again, Sony could have very likely made a little contract because it's a PlayStation Plus game right now. So they could have very easily just made it exclusive for that month because they're just trying to push PS Plus for that. Um, So, yeah, I could definitely see a Switch version being complete going off that mindset. So maybe it is ready to go. Um, But absolutely, this game is no doubt coming to Switch. No doubt in my mind. It's definitely coming. Um, But whether it's coming so soon, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll say I'll say it is, but I'm not entirely sure. And I think I think this will this is this is the announcement that will make this showcase a pretty okay one. To a this is actually a pretty good showcase, you know, because that will get a lot of fans really Whoa. psyched for the game. Whoa. Like it's one of the biggest games right now. It is, but I mean, right now we, we're we're talking about the potential of having Hollow Knight, Silk Song, Ori, and the Will of the Wisp, yep. Cyber Shadow. And Cuphead DLC, and you think Fall Guys would be the push to make it an exceptional show? I think so. Yeah, I think it would. I think I think it's bigger than all those games. Yeah, I, I agree. Ooh, maybe I should probably boot up my PS4 and start playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's better than all those games, but it's, it's definitely bigger right it, now. It's a hype announcement. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not. It's not yeah. better than those games. I mean, you know, but as far as an announcement that really will just pop off i would say that would be the one now we typically see devolver digital to some capacity at pretty much every indie world at the last one we had exit the gungeon and i'd imagine they're going to have some random game here you really can't predict what digital devolver has they just kind of release games at a whim and typically they are quality you think we're going to see something from Devolver Digital at this event, whether it's another Gungeon or just a title that no one's ever even heard of because they've never announced it yet? I mean, they announced so much in their Devolver Digital E3 that they ran out of announcements. What more do they have? That's a good point. <laughs> no, I, th- I think they will. They're, they're, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if we go this entire event with no Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of like a they're kind of a staple of Nintendo indie showcases at this point because they've had so much success on the Switch as a platform, and I yeah I'd have a hard time seeing them not be here. 
Um, you think Nintendo's gonna have some random indie title of their own? Like we've seen the Stretchers, we've seen uh, Snipper Clips. You think Nintendo kind of comes up with their own little thing from an indie studio that they're gonna publish, and maybe they shadow drop it at the event in typical Nintendo style, or? You think if Nintendo has a smaller scale game, they hold it off for their own bigger direct later this summer? Um, so, I, yeah, there's always a chance they can always pub publish another indie's work or work with them. Uh, I was thinking of another collaboration, though, somewhat in the in the sense of Cadence of Hyrule. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just going over like what IPs would be good for uh, a certain indie. And I thought, it's been a long time since we've had a Wario Land game. The last one, I think, was Wario mm -hmm. Land 4 on the Game Boy Advance. So, what if... Image and Form, the developers of SteamWorld Dig, were working on a brand new Wario Land game. <laughs> that would be exciting, but do you think they're big enough to handle Gunk for the Xbox Series X and a Wario game for the Switch? Maybe. I mean, they're very different scale projects, and they, they also <laughs> have... Um, they they've merged to be Thunderfall games, so I guess there's a lot more uh, stuff to spare, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky to say, but I think that'd be a great fit for the Wario Land series. It would be, because they really have good 2D artists there, especially what we see with the SteamWorld Dig series and SteamWorld Heist. That type of animation would work perfectly for like a Wario Land game. That has me intrigued. I If that happens, it'd really be a cool, like, okay, I see you, image form. I see what you guys are up to in Nintendo. You guys are spreading your wings a little bit, going to some European developers and getting them to make franchises no one else wants to do i'd be open to that now you think we see another game from shinnan they just had the taurus come out last year they're not a big studio by any means you think there's a chance that maybe they haven't they had another project in addition to the taurus or you think we're probably waiting another year or so before we see shinnan offer us another switch game so Shinnan are, um, I think they're seven staff big. Uh, at least that's one what they were like um, at the release of, of Fast RMX. So they might have gotten a bit, a bit bigger since then. But they just released the Tourist on Xbox One and PC. So I would imagine uh, if they are working on something, I wouldn't think it'd be so soon. Um, they, they're probably using a lot of resources just to get the Tourist out. So yeah, I, I think this is probably a bit too early for, for Shinnan. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. I was kind of hoping to see another, you know, a fast RMX from them. Because it is a quality game. I know people keep saying, oh, give them F-Zero. They're not big enough for an F-Zero and fast <laughs> RMX. Too much for them. Yeah, and fast RMX really doesn't have that much in common with F-Zero. It's actually closer to a wipeout. Uh, but... What about I mean, Iridium? Kind of they, they, they can reboot Iridium from the GBA days. They That'd could. Cool. That was actually pretty impressive tech for the GBA at the time. It was kind of like these guys are wizards and they've kept that mm -hmm. title. They continue to impress with their, you know, their visuals and performance to the point where people wonder what is the studio doing, especially when you look at the size of their games. Like yeah. Fats RMX came in, I think it was like 700 megabytes. Something crazy like that. And the, the first yeah. fast on WiiWare, like the WiiWare file limit was around 40 megabytes, 50 megabytes. And yep. Fast Racing League was one of the best-looking titles on Wii. Like they, these guys are stunning <laughs> every single time. Uh, even if I don't think they're going to show anything here, I've, I've just got to uh, just got to push the tourist. Like, if, if you've not played that game yet, give it a go. It's stunning. Like they, they they do stuff with the Switch that no other developer can do, and they're so small. It's crazy that a, a studio of this size can make something so beautiful. And, and it's on Game Pass. So if you do have an Xbox One. You can download it for free from Game Pass right now and enjoy this very unique puzzler because it, yeah. it is a it is a unique game. It offers a lot of not really complex puzzles, but thought-provoking puzzles. And when you figure them out, you'll be sitting like, wow, that was actually really clever of the developer to think of that. So definitely give it a look if you have Game Pass. And if you have the Switch, you can download it from the eShop now too. So, you know, give Shinnan some love. They deserve it. Uh, how about this, like some random predictions you guys may have from some of the developers or publishers we haven't really talked about today you Ooh. guys have anything what about um let's see what about we talked about devolver i mean uh -huh. who's, who, who's the there's a studio that we haven't even mentioned yet right what about um the no man's sky folks uh they're working oh, on a game right now yes they they announced the game for the switch was it at uh, the last Indie World? Yeah. Last um, Campfire? Last Campfire. What about that? 
what about that one that feels feels like we're we're ready to see something it does because like we are still we're coming to the, like the tail end of the summer and when you think of camping i think of autumn like when i was a boy scout we went camping in like october and just from the title of the last campfire i kind of think of you know maybe you could date it now where at the end of august for you know like an october release and it'd be a good time to do it because hello games is you know they're not a hugely popular indie name but people know no man's sky and i'd highlight the game again especially if you have the release date around the corner because yeah you know you want the switch to be the lead platform in terms of sales for it and it does seem like a title that would do well on the switch so i could see the last campfire definitely appearing in the show that would be my that would be kind of my outside pick um that we'll see more of that game we saw it obviously back in march but again i think we're ready to to get a, a date on that game Can we talk about a weird elusive game? So this (laughs) was one of the biggest indie titles in the world when it came out, Super Meat Boy. And they announced a sequel, Super Meat Boy Forever. It feels like six years ago. It's been a long time (laughs) since they first announced that game. Um, And it was even in an indie presentation once, and then it just went quiet again. Uh, I think it's been, it must have been a year or two since we last saw that. What is going on with that game? I, I would imagine it comes down to that publisher. They seem to just suck games into a void, like 90s racing game, or 90s arcade racer. Super Meat Boy Forever is apparently Duke Nukem Forever. It's just <laughs> it's going to take a long time to come out. And didn't we we had a Super Meat Boy come out, what, a couple years ago? It was... Um, which one was it the original super meat boy didn't they come out with did they come out with the running one so the running one is forever that um, is forever so oh god they, they ported super meat boy to switch um i think in the first year maybe the second year of switch um but yeah forever is the follow-up and it's an auto runner um which like not to not to generalize this the genre but i wouldn't think that would take so long to to put out there considering yeah. it's it's so um highly curated that there isn't that much room for error uh so yeah I, I don't really know what's taking this game so long unless maybe because of the reception of it being in that genre instead they've looked at it and reevaluated it and maybe they're changing the core design otherwise yeah it's really it's odd that it's taken this long for this game to come out and i mean i can only imagine it comes down to that publisher because they actually haven't had a game in a while on the switch no they've been quiet i wonder if that's just uh a PR tactic, just to like lay down low and hope that all that stuff blows over, and then just, then just come back and pretend nothing happened. Because yeah, they've been really quiet. Yeah, after all the allegations and such came forward, they haven't been vocal about anything. And I think the last Switch release was in 2019. I think it was Red Out. I don't think they've released anything since then. I think you're right. And it was weird because they were one of the bigger supporters of the switch in the early days in those like first two years they had numerous games coming out it felt like every few months they were dropping a new release like you know you had cave story around launch which was a huge success for them they had the they had isaac which was another big release but then we got into those weird type of projects um what was the fighting game where they had a bunch of their properties in it um Oh, uh, Blade Strangers, I think it was called. Yes, that's it, Blade Strangers. And we're still waiting on... They were supposed to bring... Uh, what was the other game they had that's similar to Super Meat Boy? Um has like the Thousand oh, Spikes. Right. Is that it? Yeah. They're actually called Thousand Spikes. <laughs> I think oh, that's okay. what it's called, yeah. Yeah, that was supposed to be coming. Like They even had the insert in some of their games, like Coming Soon. It's like two years later, it's still not here. Uh-huh. So it might it might be a PR tactic where they're hoping things blow over. So with and knowing Nintendo, you know, you don't want to really associate your brand to that type of company. So you probably wouldn't highlight them in an indie world. Sure. And then but another company who's been a pretty big Switch um, supporter is Chucklefish. They mm-hmm. brought Stardew Valley, which still charts. And one of the games that they are publishing is inmost and the developer put up a blog post back in july saying due to super secret reasons we can't give you a release date yet and to me that just screams 
because we're going to be in the indie world presentation and we're going to give you a release date and so i'd expect to see in most at this event and i mean if people don't know what it is they should probably look up the trailer it's actually a pretty neat looking game and this game kind of feels ripe for a shadow drop especially with that wording super secret reasons and chucklefish is no stranger to shadow dropping games on the switch especially during these you know a direct or an indie world presentation they kind of just like hey here's our latest game it's released right now buy it and that's always hype that's always hype inducing when a game is available right now after the event you're watching you kind of just impulsively buy it because you you got the hype from the trailer and you're like oh man i need this game Mm. don't even know what the game is but you're gonna buy it I'm fairly confident that a lot of games we've spoken about over this this podcast will uh, will surface in this presentation, but this one in particular, just using the word "super secret," that immediately <laughs> says, "Like, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that is that is definitely going to be there." Um, it's it's almost reckless of them to use that wording because it's just it's so obvious to make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I was Chucklefish, I'd kind of be like, "Come on, guys." <laughs> we could have worded this a little better not to kind of imply you're in something coming up soon but I wouldn't be surprised to see Chucklefish also have another game in this presentation they do publish a lot of indie software and Switch has been very good to them so I wouldn't be surprised to see another title from Chucklefish in addition to Inmost be shown um, I mean the vast majority of games in this presentation probably like 30 percent are going to be random indies that we definitely did not predict because it's just impossible to really give solid 80 percent predictions of an indie show because as we stated at the beginning there's going to be so many random games that nobody would ever think of and some indie games we likely forgot about because they could have been announced a year and a half two years ago and they just kind of disappeared like super meat boy forever and you know that's kind of why you have these presentations when a game is no longer talked about you resurface at an event like this and get people excited again so i mean people can leave in the comments below any of the games they think maybe at the show that we didn't touch on but i think i think the predictions are pretty solid we think we put together a good indie show which typically means we made a show better than what it will be in reality because predictions never live up to reality somehow we won't get a single thing that we just talked about and um, we, we can go even further let's say like Ori's going to be in smash <laughs> <laughs> and they'll announce it at this event yeah so or- Ori in the will of the wisps battle toads and then Ori in smash there you go <laughs> i think uh, i think some of our predictions will will drop on on the event but you're right i yeah. mean generally speaking you know, if if everything that we predicted was happening, you know, what would you what would you give a, a rating out of ten or a, uh, an A A through F on the the, uh, the show as a result? I mean, if if they came to the show with Silk Song, Fall Guys, Will of the Wisp, uh, Cuphead DLC, I mean, I, I think just with that little grouping, I'd probably would give it an A. Yeah, that's a that's a nine out of ten for me maybe higher yeah I'm not sure you can really get much better than that yeah. especially if No More Heroes HD is shadow dropping or coming out around then um, that's just yeah. that's the ultimate indie lineup um, yeah. I think yeah. well, the thing I love seeing from these presentations the most is those brand new out of nowhere games that uh-huh. just look great and those are hard to predict but um, those those usually make the presentation for me but just having those huge well known titles yeah I mean that's, that's at least a 9 mm-hmm. yeah like Remember when they when they announced Untitled Goose Game, who would right. have ever predicted a game where you're a goose stealing people's possessions? Nobody would have predicted that type of game in a million years. And it, when it was shown, it was that game that was like, oh my god, I have to play that game when it comes out later this year. And that is the fun of these indie shows: is that just out of nowhere release. So hopefully we see something to that tier in this event. I mean, I'm sure we will see something. They always deliver. Indies are always the company you can count on to bring us something unique that the industry would otherwise not have. And that's that's kind of the gift of an indie developer. They can experiment and just craft these out-of-world ideas. So it's definitely an event to be excited for. I'm excited to see what Nintendo and the indie partners have for us. Uh, let's look at some of the Streamlab questions because we do have quite a few. 
We had a $3.50 donation from Avatar Diggs. Thank you for your donation. And they wrote, easily my favorite podcast right now. Thanks to you, MVG, and your many guests for such great commentary. Why don't we see Valve working to develop Steam Link into a platform to compete against xCloud and Stadia? I don't know. That's a It's a good question. It seems like that they've all but abandoned Steam Link though, right? I mean... It was uh-huh. something that they were pushing pretty heavily a, a couple of years ago until you could actually buy a Steam Link, you know, for like five bucks on Steam and it costs more in shipping to actually get shipped to your house. You know, I I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. I I just feel like they, they kind of dabbled in that, in that space, but Valve being Valve, they just kind of moved on to something else quickly, you know, which was Half-Life Alex and, and, you know, who knows what they're working on now, but it just seems like to me that they're not really interested in getting back into that space right now because obviously uh-huh. things have moved quite quickly since they were, you know, utilizing the Steam Link. Yeah, yes. I'd also say that Microsoft, uh, they kind of need that other pillar there. Uh, moving into the next generation, um, they, they, they clearly have multiple setups. They, they got the Series X, they got the Series S, and they have uh, Game Pass with xCloud in there. And the, the big differentiator with, with, with xCloud, I guess, is Game Pass, having access to all those games at once. Whereas Steam, they are very successful just doing what they do. Um, I, I think Microsoft needs uh, xCloud far more than the other companies need that kind of service. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we had a $3 donation from Diane Allister, who writes, Glad to have you back. I'm picking up my Xbox Series X day one since Game Pass is cheap and Switch first party is not. Then they did an emoji of their tongue sticking out. Still, how much faith do you have in Microsoft delivering on their first party or their first plans or future plans with good games and not Fable Threes? I really hope it works out. I'd have faith in Microsoft delivering some quality first party projects because they looked at the Xbox One and they learned from their mistakes. The only problem is is that this gen is kind of starting a year to two years earlier than what Microsoft needed. If they could have started next gen in like 2022 they would have been in a far healthier position they started to buy up a lot of these studios and expand their first party efforts too late into the xbox one generation to take advantage of them in you know a quick recovery time they really need the 2022 2023 for these teams to start building their games so 2020 and 2021 are going to be rough for microsoft but as soon as we hit 2022, you're really going to see Microsoft's first-party efforts begin to shine. And hopefully it gets back closer to the days of what we saw with Microsoft in the Xbox original or even early Xbox 360 days where they were committed to delivering their own IP and single-player experiences. So it's really we still have to play wait and see with Microsoft. But I do have faith and confidence that they will deliver on the promises that they have put forth. We just have to be patient and see what the next two years really develop into for them but i mean they may never achieve nintendo status with first party and they may not even reach sony status this gen but they're going to get close so yeah and i think to add to that you know the the delay of halo should kind Mm -hmm. of tell you that they do you know you should have faith in them right i mean they could have somehow shoehorned that game to come out this year you know piecemealed it and it would have it would have been a disaster for them, but they would have just kind of taken it on the chin, I guess. But the actual mm-hmm. delay of that game kind of really speaks to, you know, Phil Spencer and and how he does care, and he, and they do want to get their standard at at you know a much higher level than they have in the past. So yeah, I I would say have faith in them for sure. But you're right, Nate. I, I think the system is coming out probably about a year too early. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for their future too. Um, I just finished Halo Five on my phone this morning, which is crazy. <laughs> I've been playing Xbox like I've been playing it every day. It's crazy how well it works, and um, having like, having so many ways to play games is crazy. Like, let's say you have a group of friends on Xbox, you can literally just hop in on your phone now. You don't have to buy an Xbox to join them. It's such a huge difference what other consoles are doing, um, and that's such healthy competition. Uh, they 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 have their own little niche now, which no other console quite stands in. And um, like even this month, they're launching Microsoft Flight Simulator and Battletoads. So they, they definitely are upping their first-party game. 
And yeah, they would obviously like to be a bit further on. They, they haven't shown us what Fable looks like yet. They haven't shown us what most of their games look like yet. Um, so right now, it's just kind of Halo Infinite that we're relying on. And um, I love that they are going for the quality with that one. So yeah, personally, I'm really excited for what they go for. Um, they, they seem to be the one to watch this gen, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then we had a $15.10 donation from General Tao, who wrote, You and MVG have lots of great, well-balanced discussions. I really appreciate how well info, oh, how well informed, Streamlabs made that look weird, <laughs> how well informed you folks are. It's refreshing. Keep it up. Thank you, General Tao. And now we get into the interesting thread of donations. And we had a $3 donation from Dill Spouser, who writes, <laughs> question. How do you feel about the reset era direct speculation thread? I'll let John feel this one first. Oh no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um I sometimes pop in there just to chat in general, and I find a lot of the people who comment in there are very friendly. They have a lot of fun things to talk about. Sometimes it can get a bit crazy though. <laughs> Let's say a rumor's floating around. Um it can some I think it can sometimes get a bit unhealthy with discussion, but for the most part, it's well-intentioned. I think it, uh, it, it can just get a bit much if you put so much time into it. But if you're just in there to have fun, then that that's all good. But there's a balance. Yes, it is a fun thread that sometimes does get a little carried away. But, you know, most of the people there are just there to enjoy themselves. So yeah. it's an entertaining thread to check in on every now and then. Then we had a $5 donation from Dill Spouser, who wrote... <laughs> Embrace the hate. That's right. Then we had a $10 donation from Dill Spouser, no message. A $5 donation from Dill Spouser that said, the good word, the good word of Dill must be spread. Also love the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> and we had another $5 donation from Dill Spouser, followed by a $3 donation from Dill Spouser, followed by a $5 donation from Dill Spouser, then a $10 donation from Dill Spouser, and another $10 donation from Dill Spouser, who wrote, <laughs> For Dill. <laughs> and then a $10 donation from Dill Spouser, followed by a $5 donation from Dill Spouser, who writes, Keep doing what you're doing. Take care. Thank you. Then a $20 donation from Dill Spouser, who writes, Bless. A $9 donation from Dill Spouser. <laughs> <laughs> Then a $10 donation from Demi Mew 14 who writes, Hello, I'm from Germany and watch your YouTube video and watch your videos in YouTube and read your posts on Resetera. Thank you for your inside information and good work. Thank you, Demi. We then had a $10 donation from Backstreet Back All Right. <laughs> who, who writes, Great, I sacrificed my username and my money this better be worth it winky face <laughs> then we had a six dollar and ninety cent donation i see what you did there from dill spouser <laughs> a five dollar donation from dill spouser who writes what are your expectations for the next breath of the wild um history will be made i want to pet the dog this time yes that is a good expectation. We should be able to pet the dog, not just have him sit there and stare at us and give him a raw steak. Yeah. I also we want to fly on a loft wing. I want to take to the skies. <laughs> Those are good ideas. I mean, especially what we saw with the trailer, it seems like the castle is going to be flying above the ground now for some supernatural reason. So hopefully we get to take more flight because the game had a lot of verticality to it. So flight is probably the biggest area they could really innovate and expand upon in the game yeah then we had another five dollar donation from dill spouser who says wanted to make it an even 10 thank you <laughs> and finally a ten dollar donation from dill spouser with no message and that would conclude the dill spouser saga I'd be so confused going into this if you hadn't explained to me what dill, dill spouser was before we started yeah, because <laughs> you're talking about. It, I was like, who on earth is Dill Spouser? And then you show me this this <laughs> remarkable image of the man himself. So yes, I'm glad I'm informed. Everyone's going to be seeing that beautiful image in the video on YouTube. So if you're listening on 
Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, I do advise you to check the YouTube video to see the beautiful portrait that is Dill Spouser, the fusion of Doug Bowser and Phil Spencer, and enjoy the nightmares that will come that evening. <laughs> that will conclude <laughs> today's episode. I would like to thank John from Game Explain for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to have you with us. And I'd like to thank MVG for joining us as well. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for coming on, John, and talking shop with us. It's been it's been awesome. Yes, it has. It has been fun. Hopefully, some of our predictions come true, and hopefully, it got people excited about the indie world event. Let's hope that even even if fifty percent of what we predicted happens, I think it would be a very exciting and enjoyable show for everybody. But until next time, continue to embrace the hate. Mm-hmm.